With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Raw Milk Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things Accrington Stanley, made by fans for the fans. This is a platform to discuss all the latest news and views, as well as in-depth interviews with familiar faces from the club, both past and present. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review to make sure you're constantly in the loop when it comes to all things Accrington Stanley. Let's have it! And we're live. Uh, I think that'll do it. Callum Gibson, how are you doing? Not so bad, Chief. Not so bad. Yourself? Yeah, not so bad. 6th of November, so if anybody can hear any fireworks or anything going off in the background, then I apologise for that. I hate to break the magic around it, but we have just been playing with the audio stuff for about an hour. Um, so do bear with us if it sounds a little bit crackly at times. Uh, it's Friday night, so we've just gone into second lockdown. I think a very apt way of starting the podcast would be what are you drinking? Well, I'm on, a, on a bit of the old cheeky mythos. I've never been to Greece, uh, but a lot of people who go there seem to like it, so I've uh, been down the old uh, offy and uh, grabbed a few of those bad boys. So we'll see how we go. What are you talking? Bottle, can? I can hear bottle caps, actually. 
I see. Give me a bottle cap. It's a, it's a bottle. I, I prefer the term uh, bottle cap collector. It sounds much better than uh, pisshead, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. Uh, I've been to Crete, not Greece. I'm on Biramaretti, a classic. Ah, ah, someone's doing well for himself. Well, three for a fiver at Morrison's, and they've just got that 10% off for teachers. So ah, well. I don't actually know whether it refers to ale, but um, yeah. I just went for it anyway. Excellent. That's a great maths question to pose to your kids. Ten percent off five pound on beer and Moretti. How pissed was the uh, how pissed was the teacher? That's one for form time on Monday. Uh, nice. Right, there we are then. First ever raw milk podcast. Um, so for this one, I thought we'd do a bit of an introduction as to who we are, why we're doing the podcast, uh, and then go through sort of results in the season so far. Uh, talk about a few signings, etc., etc. So I think well, I'll go first really. My name's Josh, for anybody who doesn't know me. Uh, I've been a Stanley fan for, you know, all my life, really. Uh, and about four, three, four years ago, I started doing Raw Milk Fanzine, which is basically just a, a bit of a fan-made magazine. By fans for the fans is uh, the tagline that I think I did originally. And it's just all stories about Stanley, stories about Heimben and Haslinden in general, really. Um, do a lot of, lot of fashion in there. Local bands have had articles... And it was originally just a way for me to sort of fill my time when I was just a bit bored writing about stuff that I was passionate about. And I think over lockdown, I thought, why not trying to get into a bit of a bit of podcasting and do a bit of audio? So that leads us here today. Uh, what about yourself, Gibby? When was your? What are your earliest memories of Accrington? Yeah, so uh, you may know me as Gibby, but if, uh, if I'm in court, it's Callum Gibson. Um, yeah, lifelong Accringtonian, lifelong Stanley fan, uh, third generation. Uh, my granddad went on Peel Park, uh, and my dad comes on now, so I'm third generation, but in a backwards sort of way. Uh, first memory of the Crown Ground, I mean, when I was a kid I wasn't into football, but my mum, to get me out of the house, would send me to these Stanley soccer schools. Um, I remember those. So yeah. you thought, well, I've, I've been to these. I mean, I can't, I can't... Getting me to play football is like getting Stevie Wonder to tap dance. It's, it's not going to happen, but... Uh, Went to these soccer schools, it piques your interest. And the first game I can remember my dad taking me to was uh, actually a win against the old enemy, Barrow at home, 2-1. Uh, goals by Paul Mullins, Simon Carden uh, in the Unibon winning season. Uh, first game on the Clayton end, I believe, before the Clayton end was really a thing. Uh, Burr score, we beat 4-2 and we were 2-0 down. Uh, now, I remember it was kid for a quid. So you go on with your mates for the crack and you'd, you'd spend half your time stealing someone's hat and running all the way around the ground. Sorry, Jepson. Um, but uh, when the season tickets were a tenner, um, so, so you know, it got you out of the house, but I'd been to, you know, I'd been to, 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 to Blackburn with primary school and it was so boring, I just fell asleep because it, I wasn't into football. But we went on the crowd and something clicked, you know, I'm Akrintonian. It was our club for our town and uh, I've been out ever since, really. Yeah, it's really interesting when you think back to those times now, isn't it? Because you're, well, you're a touch older than me, if you don't mind me saying. But I still remember those early non-league days when I first went on. And mm. it was about, we. I always remember that we used to, whichever side Stanley weren't kicking towards, we'd go the yeah. other end. So there were plenty of room around when you could walk around. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Clayton end as a thing wasn't a concept. Uh, because like you say, you just go behind the, the goal that Stanley were kicking towards. Uh, the genesis of the Clayton end really was the uh, the Huddersfield Andy Goot Cup tie, uh, and it became very organic. You know, are you going on the Stanley game? Yeah, it's all ticket. Where are you going? Uh, apparently Clayton end. All right, I'll go there as well. 
and it just sort of spiraled from there really um but uh, it is good to have our sort of our own cop now in a way it is a little bit, yeah. I mean, it has become sort of synonymous with the, with the singing fans as well, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've been locked in. I've, I've been locked out of the Clayton M once for that Stevenage playoff game, which that's taken us just over five minutes to mention in the first ever podcast, and I think we'll steer yeah. straight away from that. I've, that uh, yeah, I mean, that, that Stevenage game is, is mainly the reason that I drink so heavily, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I've tried my best to, to wipe that game from the memory. Um, but if you're a Stevenage fan... You know, I suppose it's something to put in your empty trophy cabinet. Yeah, you know what? And if you are listening, you are a Stevenage fan. Fuck you as well. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, you talk about them early matches there. I don't actually remember my first game. I remember memories mm. of it, but I was just so mm. young that I couldn't. I, I didn't really take in what was happening around me, yeah. and I didn't really take in. You know, obviously, I wouldn't know what the club had mean to me in, in the coming years. My, my granddad was a massive Stanley fan. Uh, he goes to watch Bamber Bridge now, actually, because he loves. He just loves that like non-league feel. But um, I remember he took me on. It was a midweek game. I remember Stanley. Stanley won the game. Couldn't even tell you who was playing. Couldn't tell you the score line. Uh, but I just remember sitting in the main stand with my granddad and Jack Hudson. If you remember him, mm. Jack Huddy back in the day. They used to sit in the main stand together, Jack Barrett as well. And I was sat there and I remember coming off and say, my dad picked me up and saying, can I come again tomorrow? And I guess that was the start of me watching Stanley. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always, been, it's always been a part of my life. I mean, the number of sort of, uh, if you're from Accrington, you know, two things are very prominent. One, every male in the town over the age of 50 claims to have turned out for Stanley at some point. Uh, and the second one is you've, you guarantee by the age of 10 you've been to about 400 christenings or weddings or birthday parties at Stanley anyway um, so it was always there it was always there in the background really it is and you know whether you like it or not for some of us the, the very the very few of us that have sort of embraced it as being such important in our lives that that's probably come back to haunt us as well in so many ways and it mm. going through school uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later on yeah. when we talk about the shirts being given out yeah. but let's go straight into it then I think I might have an idea of what you're gonna say here mm-hmm. what's your first what's your favorite ever game ever Wow I mean we've been very fortunate there's, there's so many while away the hours sort of games at Stanley um, and there's two that stand out initially I was going to say the Huddersfield game that's what I thought you'd say yeah I remember you know standing behind the goal as a young lad um, we just make it off in time because I've been to a remembrance day parade with Boys Brigade in the morning and my dad dropped me off at the crown steps we went down we, we just about made it into the ground I was panicking because my ticket had ripped and I was panicking thinking, will they accept it? Will they accept it? Those kind of stupid childhood thoughts you have. And uh, obviously the nature of that game, last minute wonder goal by an overweight part-time social worker on the BBC. It's what the FA Cup's about. But I would also say up with that would be beating Burnley in the League Cup. Um, as a as a as we've touched upon before, you know, as an as an Accrington, Growing up in a town where you're ridiculed for supporting your hometown team, you know, at a time when Blackburn were in the Premier League, Burnley were an established league club, um, you never thought you would play them on an equal footing. Yeah. And to and I remember that game thinking, just don't embarrass yourself. I've waited years for this. Just don't embarrass yourself. Don't lose three, four, five nil, and to win with the last kick of extra time. 
Um, and the, Burn- the Burnley fans can make all the excuses they like. They had players like Andre Gray on the pitch, you know, six, seven million pound player, Chukovic million pound player. You know, they had enough to see us off comfortably and to smash and grab the way we did. Um, and the amount of vodka I drank in bed that night, it was a special, special day. So they're, they're on a par, the Huddersfield game and, and the Burnley game. What about yourself? Yeah, two really important games. I mean, I was thinking, and I, I do think about this quite a lot, because like you say, in recent times, there has been... We've, we've been sort of uh, spoiled with the amount of yeah. really, really good experiences we've had. Just from a purely fan Mm-hmm. A fan's point of view, I think my favourite ever game was Morecambe away uh, in 2013 when oh. Peter Murphy scored in the very, very last minute and jumped in. All the team jumped in the uh, away end and we all celebrated together. Um, yeah. The reason that I say that is because we we did have a bit. We did have a. We do have a bit of a rivalry with Morecambe, and we have done over the last sort of 10, 15 years, coming up from the conference and in the lead up to that. They always used to start the season really, really well, and mm. they were flying. And um, I think they were in the playoffs, or just outside the playoffs. We went, and it was when James Beatty had just come as manager. I think we played them God on the Saturday. Son. Yeah, we played them on the Saturday. We just got our first win on the Tuesday before against yeah. Bristol Rovers. But before that, I think we'd gone eleven games without a win, or twelve mm-hmm. or thirteen. It was something ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And we were going there, and they hadn't beaten us, say, you know, in in nearly ten years or whatever it was. So we were going there, and they they fancied it. There weren't that many Stanley fans really that made the trip because everyone thought we were going to maybe lose that record against them. I remember we went one nil up, sort of unexpectedly, and yet I think it was a James Gray penalty. Do you remember that? Were you there that day? I do remember it well. And we have players like you know Danny Weber. Uh, Michael Liddle playing, you know players like that. Peter Murphy. They're not, they're not the established sort of greats that we we think of when we think about Stanley. Uh, Tom Aldridge was there. Nicky Hunt. People like that in the team. So it's around that era. Uh, we went one nil up. Mm. They equalised sort of in the second half, and they only looked like there was going to be one winner from there on. Their fans were loving it, and you could really sense that this might be the chance. And then. I just remember the ball getting flicked on and he just... Oh, I can still see it. I still replay it, replay it in my mind over and over again. And just behind that net in the away end. And Murphy just latched on. And, like I say, absolute mayhem ensued. I was down the front. I was hugging Piero Mingoya. Uh, if you look back at the Kipax photos on his website... Danny Baker's first on the scene, <laughs> and he's hugging him. And I think I think there was about five players in the away end anyway, and it was absolute mayhem. And it was just sheer like there was a time where every time we went to Morecambe, it didn't it didn't you know we just had to turn up and win and get a result. Mm-hmm. And it was just the epitome of that. Just yeah, we we'd been so poor all the way leading up to it, and to just do them again, it's just. I mean- you, you, you've just triggered a memory for myself, actually, because off, you know the terrace often sings about Craney's Cracker from Walking Bay, um, but in the lead-up to that, that Craney's Cracker game, you've got to remember, when I was a kid, we got into the conference, and you wanted to be Morecambe. Morecambe seemed huge. 
Christie Park was a great ground. That North Stand, that North Terrace, fantastic. Yeah, it was. And we went there, and it felt like a cup tie. We're in the same league, but it felt like a cup tie. They were a big club, getting one thousand plus gates, which were which were big for us. And um, the first season of the conference, we went, you know, um, on New Year's Day, and we took a we took you know one of our biggest followings up to date, and uh, we lost to a Steve Holford on goal cruelly late on. So we go the following season, the Tuesday night. We sign this young unknown lad from Altrincham, who Coley thinks is going to be a bit of a gem. Gets the ball inside his own half, and you know, I'm probably adding some hyperbole here. As a young lad, it seemed like he beat about nine players. Yeah, didn't uh, but he probably beat one or two. And in my head, it was like you know, in my head it was a 45 yards, probably you know more 25, 30. But just when he pinged that in, and as with any ground where you score at the other end. There's like a slight delay, isn't there? Yeah. Well, just where you, just they where you ping it. He pings it in in front of their north stand. They're quiet. That millisecond before the roar comes from the away end is superb. Uh, and then we 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 end up in two one in the end. But even though it was a league game, it felt like a giant killing and a bit of a changing of the guard. Uh, and we would go on to obviously overtake them and and reach the league before them as well. Yeah, and you you say you mentioned that as well. Two one against Morecambe. That's a scoreline certainly away from home that I mean I can just think off the top of my head Brian Hughes scoring 2-1 Jimmy Ryan scoring 2-1 that's just when they go into the new ground as well you you talk about screamers do you remember when that Liverpool Loney pinged one in from about 30 yards out yes I do in the game when um, yeah we had the yellow shirt the yellow and blue shirt yeah when Terry Gordon got sent off that was the game that Lawrence Wilson missed that penalty I was just going to say Lawrence it's not it's not very often that a player that's not yours gives you one of your top 10 memories Uh, but Lawrence Wilson smashing a penalty into the Irish Sea after famously bad mouthing Stanley and saying as a player exactly you know Morecambe are 10 times the club Accrington will ever be Uh, that was the ultimate piece of Schadenfreude I think Superb. Uh, and that was that was literally I talk about that Peter Murphy last minute winner, but mm. I'm not being so I'm not being funny. But that game we went down to ten men for about for the most of the second half. Coleman got sent off as well. Mm-hmm. They got a penalty, skied it again. Just absolutely amazing memories. Yeah. And you know what, Morecambe have been through a bad couple of years and yeah. I know we can joke about it but it's nice to see him sort of. No, I mean more more well. more more come like more come like your smaller cousin that you, not not smaller in terms of a footballing sense, but smaller cousin in terms of you get them in a headlock and you rub their head with your fist uh, and you have that banter, but you'd be disappointed if they weren't there. Um, I always want them to do well, just not as well as us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm the same mostly. We. we with places like Fleetwood as well, I don't really care too much about trying to manufacture rivalries, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think then? I want to talk a little bit about what the club means to you. You've spoken about how you're a lifelong fan, etc. Yeah. Just how much does Stanley mean to you, or has it meant to you in your life so far? I mean, it's everything. It's everything to me. I mean, it's it's a very big identifier. So people at work will know me as the Stanley fan. Um, when I work in the job role I'm in now I work all over the country and people will ask you where you're from they'll say Accrington and when I was a kid that wouldn't register yeah. whereas now they'll say oh you're a Stanley fan 
you know, when I was a, when I was a kid, I, I remember clearly my dad is a courier and I used to go around the country with him. And I can remember people, you'd say, people would say, who do you support? And you would say Accrington. And they'd say, yeah, but who else? Or who's your Prem team? Or who's your league team? Now you say Accrington. And, and they'll talk to you and they'll engage about it. But for me, there's a great quote in one of the papers in the, in the 60s when, when the original Stanley went under, which is, um, it said, as the station is to crew and cakes are to Eccles, so is Stanley to Accrington. And I think being a Stanley fan is intrinsic to my identity as an Accringtonian. I want the club to do well because it benefits the town. It's a symbiotic relationship. And for years, it's felt as though we're a football club based in the town rather than the town's football club. And and how that's changed and how the town seemed to be embracing it and and uh, and, and coming on that journey with the club has just been fantastic for me. But it does it, it means absolutely everything. That is beautifully put, Gibby. I couldn't say anything more myself. I mean, personally for me, moving away now, I live in Manchester as well, as you well know. Mm. Everything moving down south. Yeah, down south. I'm a southerner now. Um, like you say, everything, it, it's such a it's such an opener of conversation for everyone that you meet. Certainly people that follow football, but, it, it, you know, even people that don't follow football, you know, people see them, mm. they know the milk advert, and I know that that, Absolutely. <laughs> that haunts Stanley fans everywhere they go but it is it's just like you say it's intrinsic with everything about me and I am known as the Stanley fan with, with yeah. so many people I, I agree I think I think whether whether people in the town like it or not you can't separate Accrington with Stanley Stanley is the town Stanley keeps the town on the map Stanley is an unexpected source of income for the town. It's the lifeblood of the town now. If you've got you know two and a half thousand Sunderland fans drinking Accrington pubs, using Accrington taxis, using Accrington chippies, um, you know from the one the financial point of view, and two, it gives the town a soul and it gives the town you know a life beyond itself. If that makes sense, it keeps in the public consciousness. Of course it does, and I think a lot of people think that the town is actually called Accrington Stanley. Well, there is that, um, if you YouTube Gordon Ramsay Accrington. <laughs> yeah, that's um, one that I was thinking of, yeah. It does exactly, it starts with, I'm here in the market town of Accrington Stanley, um, which again, I mean, I mean, I work with a, a Sunderland fan, yeah. and she was uh, she always refers to the town as Accrington Stanley, so Maybe. she'll say, I had, I had a great time in Accrington Stanley, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's something we should look into. Yeah, rename the town. Lobbying the council to try and rename the town Accrington Stanley. Um, awesome. Well, let's get on to this season then. Um, I was just having a little look over. So, we're, like I've said, we're recording this on the sixth of November. It is the it's FA Cup first round eve. Stanley travel to Tranmere tomorrow after three weeks off due to the uh, ongoing COVID epidemic. Um, so we find ourselves three games behind in the league now, uh, which isn't ideal in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping the players will be fresh for tomorrow. So, I'd, I'd, yeah, looking over the, the results so far, I mean, shall we just try and go through them one by one? doesn't have to be too much of a um, a review. So, the first one, Burton Albion Cup, loss on penalties. Initial yeah, that was, a, that, was, that, was a str- that was a strange game, that, because of the, because the, uh, because the strange times are in. It's rare to have a league game before... Uh, a cup game, sorry, before the league starts, and I, I saw that in my mind's eye as a bit of a bit of a friendly and a bit of a warm up in a way. Yeah. Um, but penalties are a lottery. We drew one apiece. We looked relatively solid, if unspectacular. Uh, I don't think you could read too much into it, really. 
Yeah, it was. There, there wasn't a lack of. There, there wasn't much quality, was there, in the game? From what I remember. No, from both teams. Poor we, game. Um, we were also trialing our new shape as well, which is something I'm sure we'll come on to talk to in the later games. Yeah, and a, very, and a rarity for Accrington in terms of facing a Burton team without uh, Nigel Clough as well. Yeah, who's, who's, just as we speak, has been announced as Mansfield manager today. Yeah, interesting. As well. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a non-entity, a bit of a, uh, like Coley said after the game, Accrington aren't going to win the uh, League Cup and neither are Burton Albion. So... Really, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and then it was on to Peterborough at home, a game which oh. I don't think we were tipped by anyone to get a result. Peterborough have gone on to start the season relatively well. Yeah. Um, I mean, go on. Uh, well, we didn't with two spectacular goals, didn't we? I mean, um, I remember this day very clearly because I was doing a, a charity walk for men's mental health with uh, Paul Baldwin, another uh, Stanley fan. And I remember saying clearly to him, we're going to get absolutely hammered today. We're going to lose four or five nil. Yeah. Um, and when that came in the two nil win, uh, it was like uh, I was ecstatic. Two fantastic goals, great performance. Um, Toby Savin keeping a clean sheet against the team. As you say that, we'll be up there. I guarantee to be up there, and always are up there in League One. Great the team win. that have spent money as well in the summer. They're always up oh, there, yeah. and then they've gone again. Um, and I don't think there was much in the game. To be fair, I think I think like a lot of Stanley games. It's almost a 50-50 game and then whoever takes the chances sort of wins. Um, I, I have a theory with Stanley and I've always had this theory that when, when a team comes to the crown ground, if they want to play ball, if they want to get it down, if they want to knock it about, we, we'll do the same mm-hmm. and we'll match it. If you want to scrap, if you want a long ball, if you want to kick the, the shit out of us, for want of a better term, we do the same, sometimes to our detriment. But Peter came, they kept it on the floor... We did the same, uh, and we got the rub of the green that day with two absolute wonder goals, you say. Yeah, and like you say, I just think that going into the new season as well, we, we really needed... It, yeah. it was really good for sort of young lads to get that experience and sort of get off up and running really quickly. So, um, yeah. I mean, Dion Charles, it's going to be a big season for him. Um, and the young lad, Tariq Awakwe, as well. Oh, two absolute screamers. Rice. What an absolute Rolls Royce of a lot oh, signing it is, uh, but yeah, like Toby Savin as well getting a clean sheet. It was it was the perfect mm. start, wasn't it? Um, it was indeed. So then the following week we roll on. Burton two one defeat in the league. Now I don't have much to say about this one because it was pretty much identical to the cup game, in that it was very very scrappy, lacking a lot of quality, teams absolutely grinding at each other and. It was just that they took their chances and we missed a few chances, I, I mean, thought. I mean, it was difficult because we, we equalised quite late on and then they basically went straight up the other end and scored. So I think a bit of the young team's naivety showed. Uh, they scrapped really well. It was a game low in quality. We got ourselves back into it. Uh, but as the old adage goes, you, you're, at your most, uh, you're at your most weak when you've, when you've, you've scored a goal. Um, I think it was just a bit of the young team coming to the fore, um, but they'll learn from that. But yeah, another poor game. Very similar to the cup game, and I, I I don't think Burton Albion are a better side than us at all, to be honest. No, maybe just that little bit of extra experience they yeah, have. The nose, the nose. Like absolutely. I've said, John Joe O'Toole plays for them, and it, honestly, he must be forty-five by now. Yeah, he's a strange player, him because he's been around the block quite a bit, and he's never really settled anywhere. Yeah, but he always looks decent. He always looks decent, and mm. I always think to myself, he's really old. And then when I did my research, he's not even that old. 
No. I think no. he's about 31. No. Which is I remember, I remember at Bristol Rovers and Northampton being a, being a class act, to be honest. Um, I remember yeah, him scoring against players, us, he? Just he? Settle. he was in that game when they beat us 5-2 at home. Yeah. I remember him scoring that day yeah. for Northampton. Thanks for that. Thanks yeah. for that memory. Yeah, thanks, John Joe. Um, week after that, Oxford 4-1 defeat. I mean, I, I said to you at the time, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I have this perception in my head that Oxford perennially give us hammerings. Yeah. I seem to remember us losing by four or five or, or shipping three, four or five to Oxford time and time again. Uh, they're one of those av- outfits that I really admire. I like Carl Robinson. He has that demeanour of somebody who, if they, were, if they weren't a football manager, you'd see them in a betting shop or the pub. Yeah. You could talk to them on a you know a layman's term. But... Uh, they're always a really exciting attacking team and it was a strange game that because we made it 1-1 in sort of the last sort of 20 minutes but even that was undeserved they absolutely yeah. leathered us and 4-1 didn't flatter them even though they got two late goals 4-1 didn't flatter them uh, it's a bad day at the office for us uh, but they are a very good team and I expect them to be up there well yeah we do but they have had a terrible start to the season as well um, mm. like you say Cole Robinson to me seems a decent fella I met him actually in a service station on the way up to uh, Sunderland away last year and like oh, yeah. I say he couldn't have been any nicer honestly he was just it was like just talking to an, a regular fella someone that you'd just see down the pub so I hope that they do well uh, beating in the playoffs last year and I hope they can sort of get out of this rut that they're in at the minute because everyone down there and all the fans that I've spoken to in the past as well seem to be decent enough people um, yeah I mean he has the good uh, he has good contacts as well like last year um is it, is it Ben Woodburn, the Liverpool player they got on loan? Um, yeah. An absolute, an absolute coup. Um, so he has those contacts and he did well at MK Dons as well. Uh, he just seems like a, a decent bloke, so I hope they do well. Yeah, I think the only place where he might have had a little bit of issue is he's... Um, well, was he... He went to Charlton for a little bit as well. Yeah, didn't it didn't go too well there for him. No, but I mean, we've been to Charlton and had some trouble as well, so maybe it's just Charlton. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, all right then. So the next week. So then we're looking at that. We've had two defeats and a win in the league. Wimbledon away at Loftus Road. Strangely enough, uh, a two-one win there. And do you know what? I think again we have we have a good affinity with Wimbledon as well. I think, and we have a really good relationship. And I think that the clubs are not massively. Uh, there's no massive difference in the clubs. I think we're quite similar. In sort of how we do business and our outlook and fan base, etc. So, like I say, I expect us to be around them, you know, come the end of the season. So to pick up points away to them, I think was a massive coup for us and something that would give us a lot of uh, a lot of confidence. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the league, as an Accrington fan, um, League One is our Champions League. You know, I never thought I'd see us in League Two, let alone League One. Um, so at the start of the season you look at games that you earmark points from and teams that you think well we should hopefully try and keep on their coattails or finish above them uh, and again we went 1-0 down um, and given the way previous games had gone and the young team we've got I feared a collapse mm-hmm. um, but to, to come back in the way we did and, and Matt Butcher who by the way has been an absolute superb signing to get a goal as well was a, was a great bonus Um I always remember the, the words of the late Eric Worley. You know, he, he used to say, uh, win your home games, draw away, go up as champions. So I always take a point away, whoever the opponent is, whoever they are in the league, 
I always take a point. So to win there was a great result. Yeah, and then that brings us on to the Rochdale game. A 2-1 win. Um, I actually tweeted about that game the morning of because I realised, I was thinking to myself, I can't remember if we've ever beaten them at home. And then when I looked into it, I realised that we hadn't beaten them for 60 years when I looked back at like the old Aki Stanley results and stuff like that. So I tweeted about it that morning, just before the match, and a few people jumped on it on Twitter. I think the club got on it as well. And Corley actually mentioned it in his uh, post-match interview. So I think I'll take the credit for that. I think I was the uh, I was the deciding factor. Yeah, it was a strange one, Rochdale, because like you say, that, that hoodoo or that Indian sign, if you will, had sort of gone under the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, hadn't clocked that it had been so long since we'd beaten them. Um, we've had a few wins at Spotland, which may have sort of papered over the cracks, but... Uh, I had a good feeling about that game because, you know, Ian Henderson, Ian Henderson always scored against us. He was the kind of man who would, you know, climb the coppice naked on his hands to see, to see an unhappy Stanley fan. Yeah. Uh, and once I knew he'd gone to Salford, I thought we had a bit more of a chance. Uh, but again, for a young team to go 1-0 down to a team we have a known hoodoo against yeah. and bounce back in the way we did was, was brilliant. And, and you could tell from Coley's response, he really enjoyed that. Um, he didn't make any direct reference to them. He, he played on the 60-year thing. Um, but I suppose the technical term around these parts would be he was buzzing his tits off. He looked so happy with it, and rightfully so. Absolutely, yeah. Um, week after that, then, I'm just thinking back to them Spotland wins. I'm thinking Kenny Arthur doing a funny dance. Yep. And uh, the second one would be when Lee Molyneux scored twice, did he, late on? Oh, I mean, that was the season Lee Molyneux kept us up. Yeah. Um, a couple of screamers on the same night at Spotland. The other abiding memory of Spotland, apart from walking there for charity and getting hammered, is um, Michael Symes scoring an absolute worldie from 40 yards. Yeah, that would be it. That's what I'm talking about when we were all yeah. doing that Kenny Arthur dance. Yeah. That was the. Yeah, I mean, we'll go into that season in detail at another time, but yeah, some good memories there. Um, week after that, then, a bit of a free hit 2 0 defeat at Ipswich. Um, I must admit, I didn't watch this because I just thought to myself, I can't really see us getting a result there. Yeah, I mean, I, I did watch the game and uh, we competed well, we played well. I mean, the thing under Cole is, and it's always been this way, whoever you're playing, whatever division they are, whatever competition it is, Coley has a plan to win. Uh, if you think back to the, the 1-0 defeat in the in the League Cup at West Ham, where they had Dimitri Payet, a multi-million pound player, score a last-minute wonder goal. Everyone was giving him plaudits, and Coley said, no, we're not here to be plucky losers. We came to win, we had enough chances to win, and we should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same in that game, to be honest. We had enough chances, uh, but they had a bit more nous, a bit more quality. Um, and whoever got the first goal was probably going to go on to win that game. But I was encouraged that we kept pace with a team with such a great budget, with such a great fan base, who should and will be up there. It, it bode well for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not really much more we can say about that. Um, and then that brings us on to the last game that we've played as of time of recording, Fleetwood at home, a 1-0 win. And f- from my memories of this, I think Coley said it after the game, you know, in all honesty, I think Fleetwood can go away from that and be disappointed that they haven't won the game themselves. Well, I mean, it got to half-time, nil apiece, and you think, I would take nil apiece at full-time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an old-school dig-in, 
dig your heels in, grind your teeth, smash uh, and grab. A lot of quality in that side this year as well. Oh, and, and they spent a lot of money as well. I mean, of course they do. Yeah. Players like Charlie Mulgrew, Chad Evans, uh, Glenn Whelan. I mean, they're not there because they love fish and chips. No, or fishermen's you know. friends. Or fishermen's friends, great though they are. You know, they don't like a stroll around Freeport. They're there for the Wonga. Uh, and they're assembling a great team, and I expect them to be up there. Yeah, I mean, people like Callum Camps as well, joining from yeah, Rochdale, yeah. who's been a real thorn in our side the last couple of years against them. I think that when they're making signings like that, you can see that they are wanting to go places. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit disappointed in um, Joy Barton's post-match comments, you know, that the... the uh, I'd rather lose playing our way than win their way. I thought it was a bit disrespectful, uh, especially given how close he is to Coley and Jimmy. Yeah, me too. I thought when you listen to sort of the relationship that the two managements have, um, I thought it was a little bit petulant. But it, he's a winner, isn't he? And yeah. he will yeah. be disappointed with that. But yeah, his comments were bollocks, really. Yeah, it's like I say, it's it's a kind of th- it's the kind of thing that uh, that I would say if I lost at FIFA to my brother. You know, I deserve to win. I battered you, but. Uh, End of the day, the only stat that matters is uh, goals in the net. And we dug in, and I think our defensive and our doggedness and Toby Savin's great performance deserved those three points. Yeah, absolutely. And that's football, in it? I mean, I think Stanley get a lot of flack that they have done previously with, with grinding out results, especially in League One. I remember when we stayed up yeah. against Doncaster that game, we were getting abused, weren't we, after the game because we'd gone and sort of dug in and not matched them. I think it's... A, it's it's an argument that you see thrown yeah, around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, for me, historically over Coley's tenure, over the twenty years of success, we've always tried to be attacking. We've always tried to be to play the right way, and at times we've come unstuck against teams that dig in. Yeah. And um, so, so to see us doing it, you know, I won't lose any sleep over that. No, and I think I mean, I just you you see it thrown at teams like Burnley. Anybody who doesn't match top six sides in the Premier League, yeah. it's called anti football. But for me, it's just different different tactics for winning football matches. I don't really. Well, see that's the, the thing. I mean, if, if that game had finished six five to Fleetwood, Joy Barton would be saying credit to Accrington, great yeah. footballing side. They'll do well this year. I don't want you plaudits. I want your points. Mm-hmm. You know, and in uh, some games this year, we are going to play silky stuff. Some games we are going to dig in. But for me, to have a team that young have the nous to dig in is yeah. a great positive. Definitely. And then I think, well, a day after that, we're hit with the uh, with the announcement that, well, I think it's up to 19 players now over a two-week period got mm-hmm. uh, tested positive with the COVID. So that's the last game we've played. So, I mean, I'm just looking forward back to getting watching the team really again. So, so, so what you're saying is we're unbeaten in quite a few weeks now. Yeah, we're unbeaten in up to three weeks now. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, lies, lies and damn statistics. We haven't lost in the FA Cup for over a year. That's a fact. <laughs> and uh, those of us who remember the non-league days, you know, have you said 14 consecutive years of first-round proper appearances? Yeah. Uh, that would have seemed fanciful, but uh, here we are. There you go. That's, yeah. that's how far we've come. Um, exactly. Right, I just want to touch as, as well on, we've had... A shed load of new signings this year. Um, I just wanted to sort of just touch on each one and just give them a little bit of a mention and see how they're doing. Does anyone stick out in your mind massively as being really good so far? I mean, I know that we've just mentioned that we think a Wackway's yeah. a Rolls Royce. I think uh, a Wackway and Butcher particularly have stood out. Yeah, absolutely superb. I mean, to, to Butcher and a Wackway seem like coups. 
the kind of players you watch on the pitch and think, how did we get those? They're, they're in a way too good for us. Um, I'm really impressed with both of those. Um, Ryan Cassidy up front, young lad runs his socks off. We'll see how he goes, but I like the effort and the endeavour. Yeah, he's a proper um, God loves a tryer, exactly. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And like you say, over the course of the season, you know, we'll get a lot of uh, penalties and free kicks from that. Um, he's not a new signing as such, but Toby Saving having, having come in and playing so well to the extent where Corley genuinely feels he can leave Nathan Baxter out for him. Yeah. It's a, it's a great positive. I've written that down as well because I was going to mention Nathan Baxter coming in as the third mm. Chelsea Loney, but obviously we haven't seen him because that's all credit to Toby, really. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him this year as well. And, and when at the start of the season, when Corley was coming out and saying, uh, you know, I've got every. I've got every every confidence that he can be a number one this year. I was thinking, yeah, he's just saying that though while we get somebody else in. But a credit to Toby, he has looked very, very well. He's looked very secure, hasn't he, in that role? He has. Going back to the Oxford game, uh, I wouldn't say there were mistakes as such, but there's a couple of goals in the Oxford game that I think Toby will be disappointed in. Yeah. Um, so to see him bounce back the way he has and have that excellent Fleetwood game, for example, is a uh, it's all credit to him and the and the young head he's got on his shoulders, the old head he's got on his young shoulders, should I say. Yeah, and let long may it continue, really. Just touching on a few of the other the other signings we've had then. So Mo Sangara, who looked who looked really, really good, didn't he, in the first yeah. couple of weeks. Um well, in a way a local lad as well, Aki and Ro- Aki and Rosendale College alumni. Yeah, that was a strange link, wasn't it? Yeah. Um yeah. but I, obviously, one of our I, own. I don't know how long he's actually supposed to be out for, but um, and like I say, he looked he looked really good in them first two games. And I know it sounds stupid, but like in the games against uh, Burton and Oxford, we we really did look like yeah. we'd missed him in that I midfield. Mean, I, mean, I mean, at this point, we've we've, we've got to give a shout out to uh, to Conference champion Anthony Barry for sorting us out with the goods, especially Absolutely. with the Chelsea loanies. I mean, almost not, but just just generally. Yeah, so uh, yeah, well there he is. So we've got the three from Chelsea, Awakwe that we've mentioned, Johnny Russell, yeah, who's already scored as well. Looks like a young, hungry. He looks fit as a butcher's dog as well, doesn't he? Oh, bang on. Run for days. That is what a man should look like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a city, like, like, and... I would say a young Callum Gibson. If anything, he does. He does remind me of a young Callum Gibson yeah, from yeah. the hair to the body yeah, shape so, I mean, as well. Saint Christopher's five aside, five aside league uh, semi finalist. Yeah. You know, uh, we've all been there. Uh, is, is that walking football? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, the only time I've been to walking is when we won the league, when we won the conference. <laughs> so, very no. good link, very good link. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other ones then, so Tom Allen, who we haven't seen anything of yet, who has come from Newcastle with Sangara. Yeah, sort of uh, not made his mark yet, but we're hopeful. Not yet, yeah. but I mean... Uh, like a team like us, there is always sort of. I'm not saying this is is going to be Tom at all, but there are always a few signings that we have that don't really make any impression at all. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a strange it's a strange paradox. It it's always the ones that you have high expectations of that never do anything. Mm. So that that that, that play you see in pre season banging three hat tricks, you never see him again. Yeah, the yeah. Um, the best example I've ever got of that is um, when Caden Jackson came. Yeah. I can't remember who we played, but we played a pre-season game. And I remember my friend, me and my mate Johnny Wallace, um, who you know well. Uh, yeah, we were yeah. sat watching it, and I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember saying to him, um, 
yeah, that Jackson, he, he, he looks off the pace for me. And we both agreed and just put, yeah, I don't think he'll amount to much. Um, and obviously well, that just shows how much we know. Well, I, I remember doing it the other way around. I remember going to Radcliffe in a pre-season friendly and uh, Curtis Guthrie scored a hat-trick. Mm. And I turned to, I think it was Lee Short, and went, this lad is shit hot. This lad is going <laughs> places. And uh, we never saw him again. Jesus, I, yeah. that is a blast from the past, that name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on, Nathan Baxter again. We haven't seen him, but uh, again, a lovely smile and a London lad. And I hope we do see a bit of him with that yeah. smile. Yeah. Um, great for the headline writers with the sort of the uh, the obvious soup puns as well. So very good, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why you're involved in this podcast, mate, for links that's like it. that. Living the dream. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then moving on to actual signings. Then so Michael Nottingham joined a few weeks ago. The sheriff, superb. The sheriff, excellent. Superb. I mean. Watching the Ipswich game, you think he played for us for five years. I know a lot of people on social media were dubious of the fact that he got a three-year contract at 31. Including myself. But, you know, Hughes, he's 33, 34, he's still got it. Um, in, in, the modern, in the modern game, if you keep yourself fit and you've got young players around you, which we have, as long as your positional sense is fine, defenders can go to 35, 36. Course, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how we go with that one. And again, I think he fits that Stanley mould of a player who uh, has almost got something to prove, maybe. Yeah. Let go of by a side in our division after playing a handful of games um, over a couple of years. Um, it's I always think... good. Sorry, it's always good no, when sorry, you go see. On. It's always good when you see the fans of the team who've released him saying, "Oh, you didn't get a third rub, or um, it's a great signing for Accrington. That you'll do really well." You know, yeah. a lot of Blackpool fans. Even though he didn't turn out all the time, they, they seem to think quite highly of him, which is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cameron Burgess, who's looked very assured, I've thought. He, look, he certainly oh. looks like he's as good as Hughes and Sykes for me. Yeah. Um, the Australasian Accrintonian, yeah. Absolutely. I think sometimes, obviously, he's looked a little bit panicked on the ball, but mm-hmm. I think, for me, I just think that's that new that new shape we've yeah. got. I think we're relying on them back that back three a lot to play the ball out. And I think for lower league defenders that might not have been been asked to do that a lot a lot of the time, I think that's going to take some getting used to. I think I think what Coley says to the players is play it out, and if you make a mistake, it's my fault. Express yourself, try and play it out. And like you say, for a lot of these players, especially the young players, they're not used to that. They're used to kick and rush. They're used to a defender's job being head the ball clear, kick the ball clear, and they do feel a bit nervous. Um, but. Cameron Burgess seems to have grown into confidence more and more, and yeah. I think he will turn out to be a great player for us. Yeah, I hope so. Um, all right, then, a couple more then. So, Butcher, you've already mentioned. Superb. Yeah, if not the most impressive performer oh. as of yet for me. Um, the, number, the number of people who've said to me, how the hell did we get him? He yeah. is that good. He looks like um, a good player. You can't, you can't pay a better compliment than that. Uh, and as, as well as, uh, you know, if you factor in long-time fan Danny Baker, we've got the Butcher, the Baker, just need to sign a candlestick maker and we've got the Trinity. There you go, yeah. Um, yeah. Baker's got a couple of mentions here tonight, and he'll be happy with yeah, that. He, he pays me. Yeah, he, well... He, buys, he, he gets me the mythos. Anything else, he can start paying for some uh, ad space. Uh, Stephen Sammer, then, who we've seen a couple of... <laughs> a couple well, of... you know. You know full well, yesterday I said to you, who? 
I, I looked at him on Wikipedia. I was like, this guy's played for Germany under 20. He's got a great pedigree. Who is he? Why, why have I got no awareness of him at all? Um, so a polite way of, of saying that would be not made a splash yet, but we're hopeful. And he's certainly got the pedigree to do it. Of course he does, and I think again something to prove a fresh new start for him. He do mm. he does make me chuckle though when the club put out things like uh, ex Liverpool. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That kind of thing it always just makes me laugh. Uh, yeah. Other than that, we've signed Reese Fenlon, who's a young lad who yeah. who's going to be going probably into the under twenty threes in a reserve sort of setup mm-hmm. for yet. And then we've signed a lad today as well, yeah. uh, who no, I don't know much about yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the the last play we got from Partick Thistle was Kenny Arthur, and that turned out all right. Um, so we'll yeah. see how we go. But in, um, yeah, these players that we get, you know, it, it's typical Coley signings in, in terms of uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So they won't be on reams and reams of cash. Yeah. They'll be young, they'll be hungry. If it doesn't work, the club don't lose out. But if it does, the club cash in. Um, so hopefully he's a, he's a good one. That has been our model as well for the last couple of years, hasn't it? So yeah, of course. I think has. players understand that when they sign a contract, uh, yeah. we are seen as a springboard, and yeah. we have got the pedigree and the history of showing players that that is possible. It's as well. interesting you mentioned then about the um, when we sign a player going ex Liverpool. Um, I think that's a bit of a non-league hangover because when we were in non-league, I always remember like you could sign, you know, um, Ian Cognito, and you'd look at him and it would be. One appearance for Rochdale, 96-97 season. Yeah. And everyone would instantly go, he's played in the league. He's ex-league. <laughs> he's actually, he's ex-league. You know, but there's a bit of that still going on now. You know, he's, he's, he's been at Liverpool. But, you know, it's a different different kettle of fish league one to reserve Premier League football. It is. Um, I think, I think that the case in point would be Gerardo Bruna. He's played for Real Madrid. <laughs> no, he's, played for, he's played for a team under that umbrella. Yeah. And he was a good lad, but... Uh, he couldn't cut it in League One. No, he couldn't. Um, I think he plays in America now. Um, but yeah, players again of that. Ill, I'm thinking like players like Adam Morgan from Liverpool yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Who you, you do forget that they were well, actually with yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Adam Morgan was unlucky because nobody thought in a month of Sundays we would ever get Billy Key back. Mm, yeah. So the strike partnership, everybody thought would be Adam Morgan, Terry Gornell. And then somehow we got this coup of Billy Key back, and with with all due respect to Adam Morgan, you're not going to dislodge Billy Key. No, and he didn't, and he had, I think he had some personal issues as well that he's been into. Yeah, his... I mean, I watched him score um, score a few goals for Kurz and Ashton. Yeah, FA Cup um, goals. Yeah, yeah, the FA Cup goals against Wimbledon when they were three 0 up and lost four three. Always good to see. Um, so realistically, <laughs> I'm I'm Other thinking. Dogs. We've had a decent. We have had a decent start. I think every Stanley fan would turn around and say, in many ways, we might have had an unexpectedly good start. Um, realistically, then, where would you see us? Where do you see us fighting come the end of the season? There's a, there's a really strange dichotomy as a Stanley fan, because as a Stanley fan, I'm I'm naturally pessimistic, but I've no reason to be pessimistic because yeah. pound for pound. People may laugh at this, but pound for pound, we are the most successful club in the country in the last 20 years. And I know people will be listening to that going, oh, but you know, City have won this, United have won that, Chelsea. Pound for pound is the key phrase. Yeah. We've had four promotions, cup runs, 
raising the profile of the club on a, a, a budget that would make Buttons look generous. So we've always done well and we've always punched, but yeah, there's still that pessimism inside us. I mean, when we got promoted into League One, my first thought was two more years of league football. You cannot be relegated from League One to the conference. League One for for a, for a town, let alone a team of Accrington size, is phenomenal. So I would take, I mean, four go down, don't they? I would take fifth bottom on goal difference now. But having said that, Josh, it's a strange, it's a strange Frankenstein season with no fans, yeah. and I think it suits us a lot more than it does a lot of the big teams. So I'm confident if we keep people fit, which is a big if, and we keep our home form strong. I reckon we could knock on the door of the playoffs, you know. I reckon we could do it. But I think we'll come top half. But I would take fifth bottom. Yeah, I mean, just to echo your point, I think I think it is something that we fall we fall victim of. I, I'm probably the worst for it myself. I look at I look at us before this before a ball's kicked and I look at teams around me, teams like MK Dons, Wimbledon, I think Oh shit! They've added really well, um, <laughs> and we haven't added anything. And then, when it comes down to it, you just can't. You know, in, I know in Corley we trust gets banded around a little bit, but all oh my days they know what they're doing a little bit, don't they? So I think I think I think you're right, Josh. In terms of um, when we were talking about the previous games, we've touched upon the youth aspect, and this season especially, that seemed to be an issue. We signed a lot of young players. Yeah, we didn't seem to have a lot of experience, and we thought, well, if these lose a couple of games, the heads could go. But they seem to have bounced, you know, bounced above that so far. Um, it's always strange the way fan- fans act the first couple of games because the first season in League One, the opening game, Gillingham, we lost two nil, and I can I remember seeing on social media people saying literally, "We won't win a game all season. Yeah. We're doomed. We won't get a point." You know, it's very irrational. But then this season, having beaten Peterborough, playoffs guaranteed. We could challenge for automatic. So fans' expectations can be raised or lowered very quickly. But I think until Christmas, we won't really see the table start to settle. Um, But I think if we are going to do something, a bit like Wickham last year, this is our chance to be sort of that Trojan horse. But having said that, Fifth bottom, I would snap your fifth bottom on goal difference. I would snap your hand off now. Yeah, I think touching on, I spoke to Sean McConville over over the first lockdown just for the just for the fanzine, and he said just like League Two, if a team gets on a run in this division, yeah. there is no reason why they can't go into the playoffs. And he said, as a Stanley player now, I still feel like there's one more promotion left in me with Stanley. Yeah. Um, and I think what you touched on there with the lack of fans and nobody being in the ground, these young players that don't have much experience, it, it's it's only going to help them, I think, being in empty stadiums because going 1-0 down, say, at Fratton Park, it's not going to be as intimidating when you've oh, not yeah. got 17,000 fans ringing the bells or whatever they do down there. That sounded dodgy. Uh, one well, guy, I mean, one I mean, guy ringing we- his bell. When you think of the three-two win at Fratton Park we had, when Luke Joyce missed a penalty, yeah, and you got seventeen thousand people singing "This ground's too big for you." Yeah, it does have an effect. Um, of course, it does. We're used to small crowds. We're used to 
you know, the Clayton End's a great atmosphere for a small club, but we're used to a bit less noise. Um, and not having, as you said, the big teams have their fans behind them, plays into our hands. Um, it's a Frankenstein season in every division. It's a strange Frankenstein season. Literally anything could happen. Um, and if we are going to have a tilt, this will be a good year to do it. But having said that, League One is beyond my wildest dreams as a Stanley fan. To, to reach a stage now where the town has got blase about Sunderland and Ipswich rocking up. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I can remember when, you know, you, they'd queue down the road for Huddersfield at home in the Cup or Oldham at home in the Cup. Whereas now we can play Sunderland at home in a league game and, and, and it's a shruggy shoulders affair. Um, was, so yeah, the Burnley game comes to mind with exactly that as well. Exactly, the Burnley game, I mean, that's... I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get that into that too much, yeah. but that, that was the that was a, basically a cock-up by the it, club, it, weren't it? was it? bittersweet, wasn't it? It was, it did sort of taint that for me, obviously not the result, yeah. but it, it was you know what I did? you know what I did enjoy about the Burnley game? What? Knowing that half of the away end was from Aki. <laughs> What was the, what were they singing? You're just a bus stop near Burnley. And I don't I don't mean that disparagingly to the Aki Clarets or any any Burnley fans that may be listening. But um, having said like we did before, to grow up in a town where Blackburn and Burnley are dominant, yeah. and then to just you know, for David to just stub one of Goliath's toes now and again, it's so satisfying. But but like you like like you said, if we'd had five and a half thousand on, if we'd been shoulder to shoulder, it would have been a lot better. I think so, that's um, I think that's a really good segue into just mentioning the work that the club's doing at the minute. They've just exactly. done their the third lot of shirts give, shirt give give it a, giveaways. Sorry, sorry, that's that Birra Moretti catching up with me. Um, I don't know the exact figures. Is it? I can't remember how many thousand shirts they give away. To, just cough and say the word thousand. <coughs> thousand shirts to correct, um, correct. year three pupils in in the borough, and for me. People of our age, people are certainly of our age, yeah. maybe even a little bit older, for kids to be knocking about in Stanley shirts is certainly not something that I'm used to anyway. But even now, we've had 14 years in the league, and when I see a, a child in a Stanley shirt, I get a little bit emotional. Yeah. Because we go to we go to school, um, and you have your Heimbenborough Council Stanley top on. And they just take the piss out of you. Yeah. What, what did you do this weekend? We lost to Gravesend and Northfleet. Oh, we beat United in Premier League, and they just they just they just laugh at you. We were a joke, and uh, I always say, if you want to sort of quantify what Coley's done, the biggest thing he's done is taken away the words "who else" when you say you support Accrington Stanley. Who do you support, Accrington Stanley? Yeah, but who else? You don't get that now. Who do you support, Accrington Stanley? Oh, great, how are they doing? Where are they in the league? We're a genuine football league club. We're a league above Bradford City. You know what I mean? We're a, we're a, we're a proper established, coming up to 15 years, football league team. And for years, I always said Accrington had the football league team, but it didn't feel like a football town. It does now. You see Stanley shirts wherever you go. Yeah. You know, these kids are nagging the parents to bring them. It does work. You know, we're reaching out into communities that, you know, historically might not feel as though the football is for them or communities that might not even know we've got a football team. 
Yeah, I think and... I think that is something that the club's done well, isn't it? Yeah. Coley said yeah. a few years ago, we need to offer an experience yeah. that's just different. Um, because if the we go is, on tour-to-tour with Premier League clubs... The thing is, we know, for our, for, for our entry price, you know, you're not going to... You know, people often say to me in pubs in Accrington, how much is Stanley to get on? And I'll say £20. And they'll say, oh, I can watch Burnley or Rovers for that. I'll say, you can watch Burnley or Rovers for that. But at Burnley, they're in the Premier League. Your £20 is a piss in the ocean. In in theory, Burnley could let everybody in for free if they wanted to. Yeah. Or you can go to Blackburn and you can sit in a massive ground, two-thirds empty. You come to Accrington, that £20, or a lot, a lot less if you buy a season ticket, seven, £8 a game, you're paying for a young lad's mortgage, you're paying for the pies and the warmer, you're paying for the lights to be turned on, and you've got a team of lads there who will graft and graft and give their everything for the badge and for the town. And now and again, they might not be good enough, but it won't be for one to try. And you've got a fan base who can enjoy things like winner's hour and, uh, you know, it feels close. And we've got a community building and we've got a, a, a match day vibe building that I think is very rare in the Football League, even in our division. You know, you show me somewhere else where you can get a £1 pint if they win, or you can talk to the chairman, or you can talk to the manager of the players in the clubhouse, you can't. We have got the best of non-league, but we are also a professional third division club. You can't beat it. Exactly, and and, and I'm coming from that as, as someone whose family are, are, are passionate Liverpool fans as well. So I'm probably growing up with one eye, one eye on Liverpool as well, but what I've come to... What I've come to know as I've got older and become a young adult is that football means more to me than just sitting in front of the TV. And yeah, I'm not saying that my you know my dad goes to Liverpool games often. He's not an armchair fan by any means. But um, Stanley, what what Stanley really means to me and why I think it, it chimes with me more is is like what you've just said there. It means more to the club that I'm going in. It means that it's my cl- it's my town against your town, and yeah, do you yeah. know what? It's tribal. Aki, you know, you can say, "Oh, it's a shit all and whatever, blah blah blah." But do you know what? It's my shit all. It's my town. It's where I'm from, and I'm proud to be there. And I love yeah. the town, and it means much more to me watching Accrington play Gillingham than it would be pretending that I am from Manchester. Manchester and going to watch City, which, yeah, to be I mean, honest, I can see the City ground now from my window. What, what I always say is, when I was a kid, Blackburn and Burnley fans would say to United fans or Liverpool fans, that's disgusting. Why don't you support your local team? Yeah, We are the local team now. We are the local team. Blackburn and Burnley, I don't begrudge them. I wish them well. It's great for East Lanks, but when people say to me, how did Blackburn get on or how did Burnley get on? You may as well say, how did Millwall get on? Yeah, It's a different town, a different team. It's a different vibe. You know, somebody from, from Woodnook, they don't live in Mill Hill. They don't experience the the vibe and the bounce it gives to the area when Blackburn win or Hall Sight when Burnley win. This is our town. It's our territory. It's our team. Accrington is red and white. And it's took a long time to get to a stage where we can say that with confidence. And it's only going to get bigger and better you know, it's our little mill town against the world and, and you can't, as you, you rightfully say, you can't explain that dynamic to somebody who sits in a, a pub in Accrington and watches a, a Premier League team on TV, you know. Industry and prudence do conquer, it's very true. 
Thank you for tuning in to Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. Up the Reds. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.